Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges to help motivate parents in their parenting journey. We're your host, Veronica Avila. Veronica, hello, and this is Omar Ramos on this side of the mic. Today's topic is parent burnout. <sighs> Why are my ears ringing right now? <laughs> in which we'll talk about the need for intimacy in a couple and how the choices they can make will affect the relationship and their children as well. That's right. And as always, we welcome Dr. Alicia Laos. She's a clinical psychologist, CEO of Family Bridges, and also she's the co-author of the book, The Struggle is Real. We also have with us Dr. Nadia Persan. She's also a clinical psychologist, and her expertise includes treatment of anxiety, eating disorders, and weight loss, infertility and women's health, marriage and family therapy, and also adolescent issues. She also came with her husband, and he is Craig Persan. He is also the manager of their clinic, or their business, Green Path Clinic. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. We have uh, triple the power today, and we're looking forward to learn a great deal, part from your expertise on today's topic. Sir, we're going to go ahead and kick off the first scenario, just like we talked about right before we kicked off the podcast. This is called Seeking Intimacy Elsewhere. You're amazing. I know. (laughs) Are you sure you have to go back today? It's Sunday. I'm off work. I could make dinner, mashed potatoes, Malbec, steak. Mm, This sounds good. But no. No, 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 no. I got to get back to work. You work too hard. Well, if you lived in the city, I wouldn't have to spend hours driving back and forth each weekend. Don't get into that again. Let's just enjoy the morning. Okay. Come here. No. No, don't kiss me. I have to brush my teeth. I don't care. Well, I do. Want to join me in the shower? In a minute. Just let me check my voicemail. You can't work seven days a week. Just five minutes. I'll be right in. All right. I love you. You too, baby. Hello? Hey, I got your texts. I told you I won't be home until eight. You can't leave early? They send you to these conferences every weekend. Don't they know you have a family? I'm all by myself here. I don't know what to tell you. It's part of the job. I'll be home as soon as I can. Well, what about next weekend? I don't know if I can get off yet. Well, meanwhile, that hole in the ceiling is still leaking. I don't understand why I can't hire someone to fix it if you keep putting it off. What's the point of working so hard if we can't fix up the house? What do we do with all that money? I told you, let me deal with the finances. I'll take care of it. Just give me some time. Now, look, I gotta get going. Is that all you needed? Hold on a second. Charles! Betsy, I gotta go. No, no, wait. Here's Daddy. Go ahead, say hi. Go ahead. Ugh, she's still shy around the phone. She lost another tooth. Hasn't she already lost a bunch of teeth? It was a top tooth. You should see it. Oh, she's been drinking juice with this trowel right through the top. That's great. That's amazing. Just send me a picture. Charles! I gotta go. I'll see you tonight. Ready or not, here comes Charlie. All right, so we just heard Charles, and he's obviously having an affair with Lisa. Well, his wife Betsy is at home with their toddler daughter. We did hear a very cold conversation between them, right? So he went from being very uh, sweet and lovey-dovey with the person that he's with, and then he calls his wife. We hear a very cold person. They dive into what's going on with the house, the hole on the roof, et cetera, et cetera, and the rush to get off the phone to get back to Lisa. Dr. Laos, what happened here with this couple? 
Do you think the coldness is and the distance is because of the affair, or is there something that preexisted here? Oh, well, I think it happened before the moment. I mean, how many times have we seen this happen in the office place or in different locations? I think there's a sense of not being emotionally attached. There's just lack of intimacy. And it happens with marriages, with all marriages, in the sense that not unfaithfulness mm-hmm. happens in all marriages, but in the sense that couples just get disengaged. You stop talking to each other, you get into the rut, and somebody else comes in the picture and is more interesting, and then you start confiding in them emotionally, you know, start having conversations with them that you should be having with your spouse, and then before you know it, end up in bed, like in this circumstance. Things start slowly progressing, and so it didn't happen overnight. It obviously had something that was happening. Issues were not discussed. They were emotionally separated for a while, probably. And then one thing leads to another. Mm. So obviously we have a very sensitive uh, situation going on here. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask uh, Dr. Persson, in your experience, what do couples say is lacking in the relationship that triggers this kind of behavior to seek intimacy or attention somewhere else? And how can this be avoided? So it's like a two-part question for you. Yeah, just Alicia, like Alicia commented, I think breakdown started much earlier, and that's why to answer why it happened, it's probably a really complicated question, mm-hmm. but I think initially... Lack of communication, lack of connection, and sometimes also if uh, there is lack of this bond and uh, maybe emotional maturity in one of both partners, people seek kind of easy exits. So I kind of feel like it could be a lack of connection and it could could be also personal choices of one of both partners because it takes lots of work and lots of commitment and kind of decision, let's work it out, because of course it's easier to seek intimacy elsewhere. Well, uh, thank you for that. I'm going to go ahead and ask uh, Craig, who's also with us at this time during this broadcast, what kind of effects do you think an, an affair can have on children nowadays? I think that any time there is not a really stable home environment, it's going to be nothing but bad for your children. Uh, when you're having an affair, clearly you're emotionally detached to some extent. You're no longer fully invested in the nuclear family the way that you should be. Children are much, much smarter than most adults give them credit for. And typically they pick up on the fact that there is some level of problems somewhere. They might not be able to define it. They might not know exactly what it is that's going on, but they absolutely sense that there is an issue and that uh, the waters are not smooth. So anytime something like that's going on, your children are going to know that there's a problem. As I said, they might not know exactly what it is, but you know, when you're not invested to the extent that you should be, they will pick up on that. Doctor, this could be very crushing to any child because they always want mommy and daddy together. But Mm -hmm. if something's going on, it affects them. And this could even trigger depression at a very young age. Yeah, I mean, they're going to find out that something's off. They might not find out about the situation until later on as they feel the impact. But every child wants their mom and dad. It's difficult for them to Mm -hmm. desire or understand otherwise. And Mm so kids, they're not, you know, as adults, when we have a problem, we talk to our girlfriend, we pick up the phone and we emotionally vomit with them, you know, and we just get (laughs) things out of our way. And But with kids, what do they do? They act out. What is their job? Their job is supposed to be in school and study and and play. And instead of being able to be free to do that, they're busy wrestling with the issues that are going at home. Something like this is difficult for them to process. Sometimes they think it's their fault. Mm -hmm. You know, what did I do wrong? And it's difficult for them to understand that's obviously not their fault. But when they do find out things like this, they have a hard time processing. Like an adult will have a hard time processing Mm -hmm. this just imagine a child what can parents do what's the advice that you would give parents or couples that are going through something similar 
to avoid the heartache or, or, or just the effects on their children? What can they do now? Just like Dr. Alicia commented, now they could be big differences in how children react versus how adults would react uh, to certain uncertainty at home. And with children, I think uh, it's important to notice like changes that may take place, sleeping patterns, problems at school. So child doesn't express... Uh, herself or himself like adults. They would be like other issues, behavioral issues, academic issues, which in turn probably will continue facilitating breakdown of marriage as well, because parents need to act together to help child at school, at home. Meanwhile, child is dealing with divided loyalties and developing additional issues that will cause additional stress on the couple. So what they could do, ideally, what I wish as a counselor people did, they didn't wait so long for their conflict to escalate, and uh, they went to counseling, church counseling, professional counseling earlier. It's like when uh, we listen to this skit, it's already almost like cancer stage four. Mm. And uh, I wish they came earlier. Of course. Notice this little cracks and didn't wait Mm -hmm. till the whole thing chipped into pieces. Yeah. And then in the case that it does already happen and you're dealing with whatever the circumstance, in this case, it's unfaithfulness. You know, there's just a couple of things for your children. Make sure that they know that it's not their fault. Do try to communicate to them some extent what's happening. I know you don't want to go into details with them, but according to their age, be able to debrief them on them. Mm-hmm. Because if you keep them out in ignorance, that's not even going to help the circumstance or the situation. And then please, parents, try not to use your children as a way to manipulate one against the other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they'll use them as a mouthpiece. Well, tell your dad this and then tell your mom this. And then, you know, they're actually the carrier of messages or use kids. Well, I'm mm-hmm. not going to let you see the kids this weekend because, of, you know, all these kind of manipulative stuff. Just try to not do that. That's, you know, grow up and Let your kids be kids and try to protect them as much as you can. They already are going through enough. Absolutely. Well, there we saw affairs are just one of the many results of parent burnout. How about we listen to this next story? It's Dave and Tina. You can't quit your job, Dave. What'll we live on? You think I can make mortgage payments, keep the lights on, put Alex through school all on my own? I don't have a choice. At the rate they're cutting back, in six months, I won't have a job. And I'm not quitting. I'll still be paid. Look, I know we were looking forward to a big family vacation before the baby came, but if we defer it, I have enough paid time off to balance out the expenses I'm for the first quarter. I'm not about to tell our son and to your parents that we are canceling on them two months there. beforehand. This is something I know They've I could bought do, their tickets already. Where are your priorities? Where are yours? I'm your husband. You're talking about a vacation. If you're scared about losing your job, you need to be putting all of your energy into it. You're not listening. It's a sinking ship. Fine, fine. That I can understand. But at least interview somewhere you have a decent chance of getting a job. You can't continue to entertain some fantasy of starting your own business if you've never gotten past middle management. It's too late, David. We have a second child on the way. It's not practical. Alex, go back to your room. Are we still going on vacation? It's not a good time, Get back in your room, Alex. I already told everyone at school. They're going to think we're poor. Alex, it's not a good time. Would you listen to your mother? We're talking. Get back in your room. Don't yell at him. Alex, come on. Let's get ready for bed. Get a new job or fix your old one. Those are your choices. You're not listening to me. Alex, go brush your teeth. I'll be right in so we can talk. Okay. Will you man up? This family is more than just you. We are a team. 
You cannot jeopardize all of this to go play internet startup for two months in our garage. It's a risk, but it's worth it. You're not thinking clearly. Sleep out here. Calm down. I'll see you in the morning. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, let me put the popcorn away. Um, <laughs> that was a roller coaster of emotions right there. Dr. Persona, we just heard uh, Dave and Tina having a um, very typical discussion about Dave's next career move. Quitting his job to begin his own business at the cost of losing their planned vacation. Obviously, Tina is upset. She's focused on this trip. While Dave is on his plan of doing his own thing, they are obviously on two different pages. Then Alex, the couple's child who's 10 years old, comes in and gets a dose of the frustration, which could be pretty damaging. What issue do we have here, doctor? Well, the issue is definitely not the vacation. <laughs> there are like so many things going on and we can hear from the tone and how conversation is emotionally charged that there are so many layers of communication are broken there. So I would say what is going on here, multiple conflicts. Mm. They don't have time for each other. They don't have time to talk unless uh, there is some kind of crisis situation, which then escalates uh, to a negative communication in front of their child. So, And I kind of feel like even to address this situation, this couple, this specific couple is dealing with uh, multiple issues in budget and maybe supporting each other in the next move, career or family move. Ability to problem solve, to kind of focus on one issue and stay with that issue. And also some kind of boundaries, communication in front of children. Should mm -hmm. they be discussing it in front of the child or pick times when it's 10, 15 minutes uh, where they can peacefully discuss it with each other, focus on one issue at one time and have some kind of closure. To me, it was more like example of um, very negative pattern, kind of almost kitchen sinking when in the short span of time, so many issues are thrown in the basket where it just mm -hmm. leads to emotional communication where you even lose a sight what we are talking about. So to me, it's not about vacation. It's about lack of communication, lack of uh, problem solving skills, arguing in front of kids vacation that's the last of their problems from what i heard yes <laughs> yes and they went exactly from the issue of going on vacation and and worrying about what the in-laws are going to think because they've been saving they already have their ticket etc to man up right it went south really, really. hey 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 now <laughs> <laughs> dr alicia what can couples do to be on the same page and as dr Persan just said just have that time or that agreement to if you're going to discuss something that, that you think is going to get out of, I don't know if out of control, but just it's going to escalate, then just have that couple time where the kids are not affected. That would be great, right? Have mm -hmm. a conversation that's important like this, you know, during a period of time when, when you can just focus on that. But I think the other thing that, you know, Nadia picked up on is the tone. There was an aggressive tone. And with that kind of a tone, I don't know that you're going to get anywhere when you already are just in a feisty, I'm going to fight mode and I'm going to attack. I'm not sure that there's going to be a, an opportunity to repair and think and solve and, mm -hmm. let, and arrive at some kind of harmonious negotiating tactic. There wasn't any intent in that. So I think one of the practical things that we can do when we're having discussions, when we take some time apart to deal with these types of decisions, is do a checkup on what your attitude is. If your attitude is bitter and negative and nasty, you're going to come across as nasty and that's not going to allow you to come to some kind of term that's a solvable mm -hmm. solution. So do you come in, what's the argument that you're dealing with right now? What's the issue and what's your attitude? And can you check that up and have a more gracious attitude? One that says, I'm going to not agree with everything, but say, well, 
I uh, one part of what I agree with is this, you know, mm-hmm. kind of at least try to work towards a so- solution. But if you're going to come in it from a it's my way or the highway and you're just going to be stuck and rigid, well, you guys are not going to go anywhere and that's not helpful. So I would say a real practical advice for all of us in whatever argument or situation is think about what your attitude is. And if you've got an attitude of pride and it's my way or the highway, you're not going to get anywhere. Thank you for that, Doctor. And I'm going to circle back to uh, Greg, who's also joining us in this podcast. You're a professional uh, individual that deals with money, with finances, and obviously uh, financial stability is, is something that could sometimes cause a lot of tension between couples. But aside from money, what other red flags uh, do you believe parents can look out for to ensure that the couple's relationship is salvaged before it's too late? It's important to realize one thing. Money is something that's discussed with almost every couple, and there's a lot of issues. But at the risk of repeating what Dr. Nadia and Dr. Alicia have already said, rarely the issue that's being discussed is the real issue. Um, The issue is almost always just a deterioration of the relationship. It's a level of intimacy. You know, a red flag is when you start to notice that your partner is drifting. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're discussing money or anything else, it's always secondary. And again, I'm going to maybe repeat something that's already been said, but the worst thing that you can possibly do when these things arise is to emasculate, to denigrate, take an approach where you are somehow more knowing and more wise than the person that you're speaking to. Mm. Uh, These are conversations that have got to be handled with grace and with delicacy for a couple of reasons. First of all, because it's the only way that it's ever going to work. But secondly, in the situation that we're discussing here, there's children involved. They see and they hear and they learn life lessons from the way that they watch their parents negotiate. And if they see you taking that stance and that approach to things, they are going to justify it in their actions in the future. So always remember that you're that you're teaching when you're having these discussions. Totally Great true. stuff, Veronica. Yeah, that's that's so so true. One of the big things that at least I can take that I hadn't really considered is that exactly what Dr. Alisa mentioned earlier: attitude. What what is your attitude going into a discussion? Mm-hmm. And obviously, communication and listening are key, right? They were communicating. I don't know. They were doing some type of communication where everybody was just throwing out whatever they they wanted to throw out there, looking at someone less than you, etc. But it's important that we also listen. Yes, Dr. Prasad? Well, and kind of since we are discussing when enough is enough, probably just what we just heard, the couple is escalating. And when you are in this situation, you can probably notice certain signs in your body, your heart mm-hmm. starting to race, you are breathing more shallow, you are maybe blushing, just feeling mad at this mm-hmm. point. I kind of feel it's very important. You know, it's not what other person is doing. Maybe you're justifying your mm-hmm. anger, but uh, telling yourself time out. There are situations in family settings, at work-related situations, where you know that you kind of reach the ceiling. And I think when you feel this bodily signs of escalation, it's not about what other person is doing. At this point, you internally tell yourself, I need a time out mm-hmm. and revisit this at later time when you're feeling calmer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Let's listen to Tina and Dave's story. Let's revisit it. If you're scared about losing your job, you need to be putting all of your energy into it. You know what? What's our vision statement? What? Yours and mine. Our relationship vision statement. Do you remember what it is? David. Humor me. To show love. To listen. 
to support the, the person, person you are becoming, becoming not, not just, just the person, person you were yesterday. yesterday. I'm sorry if it feels like I'm putting all of this pressure onto you, but I'm not being impulsive. I believe this is the job I would be best at and that it's what's best for our family. But I have to do it now. We're having a baby, Tina, in six months. I could be making a profit by then. I'm sure of it. Alex, go back to your room. Are we still going on vacation? We might have to take it a little later, but we're not going to cancel it. How much later? We don't know yet. We're figuring it out. Remember we talked about being a big brother and growing up? How it means being tough when things don't go your way? Yeah. That's all this is. It's not the end of the world. Are you losing your job? No, I'm not losing my job. Then why are you fighting? Well, we were fighting, but now we're listening. Your dad here says he wants to start his own business. What kind? Well, it's kind of complicated. If you can't pitch your idea, how do you expect to attract investors? He's got you there, Dave. <laughs> Explain it to us. You're kind of putting you me on You have six seconds. Sp- go. Okay. Well, let us let me ask you. How do you feel about your school lunches? Are you kidding? They're awful. Good. I mean, not good, but, well... A lot of public schools are having trouble making so many meals on an increasingly limited budget. And the city wants to keep providing free meals for students, but it needs them to be healthy. And the students want good food that doesn't taste like... Crap. Right. So what if public schools didn't have to make their own food? What if delicious pre-boxed meals made that day locally, not frozen, but fresh, healthy food was available for every student at no cost to the school? That's one heck of a what if. How are you going to get free food? That's the beauty of it. The people that prepare the food and the people that deliver the food would still be getting paid for their services. Okay, so we're back and we have a whole different vibe going on. We just heard... Tina and Dave talk about a vision statement. This is very interesting. Dr. Laos, can you tell us about what this vision statement is? It sounds like something very strategic uh-huh. to kind of get back on the same, on the tracks, on the same page. Well, you usually hear about vision statements in business world yes. mm-hmm. in the sense that you create a charter and it helps employees and everybody just stay on track so you know where you're going. Mm-hmm. So companies that don't have a vision statement end up um, migrating to other projects or things and they become a big blah and then they lose momentum and that obviously is going to impact you know how much money make, the bottom line. So when we do that in the workplace, what would happen if we did it at home too? We, we create a vision statement for our family, for our marriages. It provides a long view of where we're heading and so when we lose, we get lost because we just get in the muck of life, you know, and we get distracted into this activity and that. It just centers us. We're able to go back and look at where are we going as a family? What's our purpose? What's driving us? And it just gives you perspective in the situation that you're addressing and it allows you just to move forward. So it's just one of many different strategies that we can employ, that we can use in our family, in our marriages to just protect us from getting distracted or just getting sidelined. What would you say, uh, Greg and Aria? What has helped you? I will talk to you now personally as a couple. What has helped you get back on track when you have a discussion that's somewhat like Dave and Tina's? Well, fortunately, we've never had a discussion like that. (laughs) We have very, very few problems in our marriage. And that's one of the beauties of being married to a clinical psychologist. Um, But as of right now, my mission statement is to have a mission statement. (laughs) Yes. So uh, this is a work in progress. Uh, But I will tell you that Nadia is um, a lot more well-versed in these things than I am. So... uh, I think she's probably going to be able to speak to this in a way that's going to be more clear to the audience. 
What I thought was very helpful to us is finding little times in the span of the day, and I'm talking mm-hmm. about 10, 15 minutes, to put some kind of like connecting moment, because many times like we mm-hmm. heard the skit about vacation. Vacation takes time, vacation takes money, but 10 minutes walking together around the block doesn't. Or sometimes you may have very busy morning, but uh, finding time and energy to sit down and just talk for 10 minutes and have a cup of coffee together. I thought that was very important. And I noticed when life become fast forwarded to the point we don't do that, mm-hmm. we feel more irritable and less connected. So there is a value of mission statement. Uh, but like we heard in previous skit, even if you have certain goals in mind that are good goals, if you are emotionally drained, if your car is running on empty tank, you're not going to remember mission statement. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to your reptile brain and your are more in fight or flight mode. So what I thought was very helpful to us, every given day I try to find 10, 15 minutes, do simple things like watching news together. It's not about watching news, it's sitting down and just being there, not fiddling with the phone, just doing something together. Having a cup of coffee in the morning together, just like, again, mindful. You can talk about something, you can just sit and have a cup of coffee. But I would recommend it very much to all couples. Don't postpone till big celebration. Don't mm-hmm. wait wait for big vacation. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes also we talk about parental burnout. You know, it's like, it's very difficult to find that balance. I remember a couple of years Years ago, we had St. Valentine and we planned big dinner at home mm-hmm. after we come back from work. What happened? We had a nice cup of coffee in the morning and they completely derailed. We were both stuck in the office. Children were sick by the night. All we had that night is that cup of coffee in the morning and it still felt good. We did something. Mm-hmm. So I would just kind of say don't shorthand each other on this little positive times, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Don't plan once per year vacation. Plan every day, 5, 10 minutes together. That will help a lot doesn't cost anything simple but more like mindful Mm -hmm. love it Mm -hmm. there's a lyric to a song that I I, I think has a lot to do with this and it's uh, life is what happens while you're busy making plans and sometimes people forget they're always planning long term this is Mm -hmm. just sort of you know piggyback onto what Nadia was saying but people are always planning something big and like she said having a cup of coffee the daily interactions maintaining a level of intimacy being able to just spend good quality time together on a daily basis instead of always making an event is unbelievably important and it's something that I think people would be well served if they could remember that just that day to day existence, always being able to look your partner in the eye and understanding that you're on the same page and that you're moving in a good direction and don't always make it as though it's got to be a monumental event as Mm -hmm. a way to justify everything that you've done previously. Correct. Thank you for that. And uh, Dr. Lowell's quickly here because we're running out of time. The parents kept it very real Mm -hmm. with their boy and they engaged him with this issue, these issues that they were having, you know, the two different plans going on. And I guess they, they got him involved because... They want to avoid maybe causing some kind of psychological damage to their boy. I mean, is it is it better to get him involved versus kind of protecting them from what's going on? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's whenever it's appropriate. In this case, they handled it really well. They engaged the kids and everybody was a part of it. And, and it was a positive experience. But you do as a parent burn out in the sense if you're just pouring, 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 pouring in the lives of your kids. And what Nadia and, you know, Greg mentioned is so important, being able to just have connecting moments so you can be a team, work together, and face the challenges um, with your kids in a united front. But you can't really face the kid, you know, the challenges you'll have with your kids in a united front when you're 
burned out, you don't have someone to talk to and connect with. So little things like a hug, a kiss, connecting moments, those were going to go a long way. Definitely. Thank you. The talk today was very interesting. Obviously, for all the couples listening to us, invest in your relationship. It's worth it. It's worthwhile. And it's definitely going to spill over your children. So that's why it's so important that you take the time to do it. Thank you very much for being with us today. I thought this was great. I'm taking a lot from this today. <laughs> I'm going to apply this to my own personal ambiance. Also, thank you to our guest, of course. Uh, Greg, thank you for stopping by, for being uh, Dr. Person with you today. Thank you for the feedback. And, thank you for uh, having us. Thank you so much for listening to us. And uh, I think we had very interesting discussion. And one thing I want to leave you with, it's very easy to tell another person, time out. Mm-hmm. Give yourself time out. You know, that uh, was last skit where husband said, okay, let me just kind of appeal to the peaceful intent and kind of help to de-escalate, you know, because we get wrapped up in anger. Spend more time with each other and also give yourself time out when you feel like things are out of control. Don't wait for another person to be nice to you. Kind of press brakes yourself. So thank you so much for listening. Excellent feedback. All right. Well, don't miss our next podcast because our topic will be spending wisely. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about something more important. I'll be on standby for that. Thanks for listening to The Circle of Israel, a podcast by Family Bridges. Download it today via iTunes and share it with your friends, family, and coworkers. And of course, don't miss any of The Struggle is Real buzz on social media. Uh, follow us with the hashtag The Struggle is Real or hashtag TSIR. For tips, ideas, and more, you can also visit FamilyBridgesUSA.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Veronica Avila. And on this side, Omar Ramos. Till next, next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.